Well, welcome back to uh, Habits of the Home podcast. This is episode two. We're now professionals. We got <laughs> yes. the first one under our belt. And no reproves. Yeah. I yeah. personally thought it was the best podcast I'd ever heard in my life. Oh. <laughs> Subscribe and like. Come on. Yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so last the last episode, we spent some time talking about the why. This yes. resource that Stu and I have written, Habits of the Home, Advent, that you uh, hopefully have um, in your possession right now. Um, why is it important? Mm. Why is stretching out in Advent important? Yes. Well, this episode, we're going to spend some time looking at the practicalities, like yeah. the how, the daily rhythm. What does this actually look like? Because uh, I don't know about anybody else, but my family is exceptionally chaotic. I've seen them. I've seen. I've seen other people's families. Then I've looked at my family, and I've. It's. They are good at being chaotic. Right. We we are good. I should say at being chaotic. So, this idea of a, more liturgical rhythm. Yeah. Around spiritual formation, sometimes feels a bit laughable. Can we actually accomplish sure. this? So we're going to spend some time focusing on. Um, the daily rhythm. Yeah. What does this actually look like um, in your life? I want to welcome back my co-host, yes. Stuart Bothwell. It's so good to be here. Stuart, my dreams are coming true. We're doing it. We're doing it. We've <laughs> the got a the podcast. podcast is actually happening. Come on. <laughs> All right. So I want to ask you, because I have known you mm-hmm. for, has it been like 13 years? Yeah. 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 Like Probably there's there. a photo of us somewhere floating about that we should both be slightly ashamed of. Which photo is that? You have a lot of hair. I used to have a I used to have a lot like, of hair. It like Afro looked a hair. little bit like a helmet. <laughs> like, but I mean that's a compliment because yes. I mean like that's healthiness. Like a healthy you had like a healthy head of hair. I was looking like crazy. I had leather. I had blue eyeshadow. We're sitting on a wall. We were going to the U2 gig in right. Dublin. That was pretty much the first time we hung out. Okay. Yeah. So, so this was maybe 13 years yeah. ago. Um, and for the nearly the entire time that I've known you, I don't know when it started, how I, when it became like your persona in my head, mm-hmm. but I've always known you as someone who is very um, disciplined and the habit of reading the scriptures, but not even just reading, like how you chose to read it was very, you know, there's a reason why I called you Father Stu for so long. It was just, there's this like, you almost have a liturgical soul in you. Like, True. and it's it's what you're sort of known for, one of the things you're known for in our community of just really carrying that joy of hmm. scripture reading, the rhythm of daily prayer, the rhythm of, of how we do it. Yeah. But I've never asked you, like, did you come out of your mother's womb that way? Or because like, I, I feel like I have the opposite personality. Like, I just, you know, yeah. is is that a personality thing? Is that like who you, like, well, tell me, tell me. It's interesting that you talk about whenever we first met, because in and around that time, this is where this way of practicing the way of Jesus really began to emerge for me. Um Whenever I was in my late teens, early 20s, I really started to take my faith really seriously. I encountered the Holy Spirit and was just set on fire for God. But I was the kind of classic, passionate young person whenever it came to following after Jesus, where it was high highs and it was low lows. <laughs> like I was, I was all in and all out. And, yeah. and it was beautiful. Like my faith was 
full of passion. I was involved in lots of stuff to do with mission and evangelism and, and still am, but there was just a fieriness to it. Yeah. Um, but the danger with fire is that if it's not contained, then it just can go a bit wild. Yeah. And I was always on the edge of burning out. Mm. And, um, and the thing about that way of approaching faith where if it, all it is is just pure passion, whenever you hit a rocky point in your life, mm-hmm. just life happens, it can be quite tricky to navigate that time. And so I remember meeting with my old youth pastor at the time, a, a guy that I really, really respect. And I was going through this kind of rocky stage in my faith, again, coming off a high, high, hit a low, low. Yeah. And I was like, what do I do here? How do I navigate this space? And I was expecting a Coach Carter, Friday Night Lights pep talk, like, come on, like, get back on the pitch, son, and like, get back to work. But instead, Dave said to me, I want you to pray a psalm every day. And he gave me a prayer uh, that Dietrich Bonhoeffer used to pray often and said, I want you to pray that as often as you can. Mm. And I was like, is that it? Like, come on, really? Psalm a day? Yeah. A prayer from some dead old dude? Yeah. Like, really, is, is that it? And I I trusted this guy. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll put this into practice. And... And so I did. I, I started to pray the Psalms every day. I started to use this prayer from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and then that's emerged into other set liturgical prayers written by other people that I find myself praying. And I began to inhabit a very different pace to my relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. where I, instead of living frantically, I, I guess I wanted to learn what it meant to live faithfully mm-hmm. and, and to make that's the good. journey from those two things. And T.S. Eliot has this wonderful line in one of his poems where he talks about not the intense moment with no before or after, but a lifetime of burning in every moment. And I guess my understanding of faith and also the vision for how I wanted to live my life and also the most important aspect of my life, which is my love for Jesus and the recognition of his love for me. I wanted that to be worked out over the long haul. And yeah. I wanted to learn to live with a long obedience in the same direction. And I, I guess working out how to put that into practice, well, I, I began to see also in and around that time that the everyday spaces of our lives were really, really important. Yeah. And that learning to live with long obedience in the same direction is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And yet the workshop in which that is actually worked out is what we choose to do every single day by choosing to pray psalms, read scripture by praying set prayers. And um, there's a line from Annie Dillard, which we find to be really helpful as we've approached this project, which she says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we choose to do every single day will set the trajectory for what our life will look like. You need to say that again, because... Honestly, I was haunted by that quote Mm. the first time I heard it, and I heard it from you. Mm. Say it again. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. We are so disjointed in that. I mean, I know know that I can be. I can have this dream for my life. I know what I want. I know the home life I want. I know how I want to be with my family. I know um, how I want to help develop my children and yet how my everyday decisions my little moments I 
they're some, they're not connected. Yes. They're not connected to that vision. And it's almost like I needed that quote to shock me and to go like, right. like how you wash the dishes. Yes. How you sleep up the floor. Yes. How you say hello to a child first thing in the morning. How you say goodnight to them. You know, these are yeah. all of these add together and become a life. Absolutely. Yes. And I think as I've learned to see my life as an attempt to live with this long obedience in the same direction, ultimately it comes down to, and I know that this is really simple and really obvious, but I choose to practice this way of life. And again, I stumble over it all the time, mm -hmm. right? I'm good, but I'm not that good. Uh, and I stumble over this, but I attempt to do this simply because I really love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And again, this is so obvious, but what is love if it is not a set of habits? Mm -hmm. Because, so Eliza's 14 weeks old at the minute, and uh, which is very exciting. Ooh. And she, uh, like, our life is uh, being turned gloriously upside down <laughs> by this little bundle of joy. And we tell Eliza that we love her every day. That's something that Emma and I have committed to. And that's really good. But... She doesn't know that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, she doesn't have the cognition to be able to understand that. But we have this set of habits that we are repeating over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Feeding, changing nappies, mm -hmm. saying the most ridiculous things in the most ridiculous accents, like <laughs> comforting her, cuddling her. Yeah. We're doing this and it is this set of habits that's repeated over and over and over again because ultimately we love her. Yeah. And it would be so easy for us just to say that we love her and just kind of, right, okay, that's it. But actually, we need to outwork that love Absolutely. through habits and practices. And and so for me, I have taken a lot of encouragement and inspiration from the way that the church has always described this way of life, which is through the idea of a trellis. So mm -hmm. like the idea of a trellis in a garden where you build this frame so that a plant or a flower can grow. Like if you yeah. don't have a trellis, Plants and flowers can just grow all over the place. They yeah. can kind of just branch out and it gets a bit wild. But if you have this architecture or this framework where a plant is able to cling to it and grow healthily and sustainably, uh, then it can blossom and, and grow really, really well. And, and for me, I have needed this trellis, this yeah. trellis of daily scripture reading and uh, liturgical prayers and uh, reading the Psalms and committing to showing up to church every Sunday yep. and, and having conversations with friends who I'm accountable to and who are encouraging me in my faith. Yep. Like, I really need this because, well, I simply can't leave my love to Jesus up to chance. No. I'm not holy enough for mm -mm. that. Like, I am simply not and holy not enough. not up to my feelings. No, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Now, I'm no gardener, so for anybody who does know what to do right. in a garden, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, because it's probably going to be wrong. But when I think about a trellis, you have the crisscross, yeah. almost like tiny walls, sure. basically. Yeah. And then you have the plants. Yes. And I kind of feel like the trellis is our faith, right? The plant is you. Yes. And there are these things where you can gently connect the plant yes. to the trellis with their ties or whatever. Absolutely. And for me, these this idea of these daily rhythms, yeah. they're those little gentle ties that yes. keep me connected to the trellis so I can grow in the right direction. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is we are, I love the moment we're living in. I have no, like, I'm not, we're in evil times. Yeah, Maybe yeah, we are in yeah. evil times. I don't know. Yeah. I'm bad. Uh, 
if we are, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> um, but, but for me, we are in an interesting part of history where I think we are more aware of our feelings than we've ever been. Sure. And allowed to talk about them. Yeah. And we're giving them a ton of space, which in some ways is really good. Like my mom, my mom talks to my kids and they're like, you know, Gia, I feel like um, you didn't really respect me when you said something like, and my mom's like, I could, I didn't even know I had feelings when I was a kid. Right. You know, so it's a wonderful right. thing that our kids are growing up in this. But the, I think the downside to it is, is that we almost rely on those feelings to be our trellis. Absolutely. Right? Or even to be the ties to the trellis. Absolutely. And for me, this idea of this daily rhythm, it frees me from being at the whim of my feelings. Because yes. I got a lot of feelings. Yes. Yeah. Okay? Yes. I got a lot, a lot of feelings. Yeah. And uh, they got me on all sorts of roller coasters. Right. This is the calm in that storm. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And I think if we're left to our whims, to our wants, to our feelings, to the times whenever we feel like praying, yeah. like truthfully, I wouldn't pray a ton. <laughs> like I, I get paid to work for a church, you know, like, and that's the truth. Like I need these, I need this architecture in my life. Yeah. If I hit a rocky point, if I'm going through something hard and difficult, what does it look like for me to, whenever I don't really know what to pray, I'm so yeah. confused, I've got my questions, there is an architecture that is accessible in my life that Absolutely. allows me to keep praying even whenever I don't know what to pray or don't even know like what I should be praying out loud or even if I don't want to pray. And I, I think this is just so important. And the truth is that for me personally, I am distracted all of the time. Mm -hmm. I get so distracted by everything. Mm -hmm. And particularly in the course of a day whenever I wake up in the morning and the first thing that I want to do is to check the news even though I checked the news last night you know mm -hmm. and I want to jump on and see who's text me or whatsapp messages or whatever and uh, Mary Oliver talks about um well that our attention is the beginning of our devotion yeah. and we need to so often we're like okay what does it look like for us to devote our lives to Jesus mm -hmm. I think that conversation begins with a conversation about our attention and where are we placing our attention and what is drawing our attention uh, and we need to have a framework in place a rhythm a pattern to our yeah. day that allows us to be able to set our attention towards Jesus yeah because whenever we do that, then our devotion will follow. Absolutely. And I guess that's the conversation that we're having here. Of what does it look like for us to have this pattern, this rhythm in place where we can set our attention on Jesus so that he is able to have our devotion? Absolutely. In other words, this is not a resource for the super spiritual amongst us. It's actually for those of us we who are really like... We really need it. Yeah. Absolutely. My goodness, I really, really do. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about um, what we've done is we've, in this resource, in Habits of the Home... For, particularly for Advent, we have broken this up into three key points of the day. Yeah. And what's really, I think, important for us to say to people is this is not prescriptive. Mm -hmm. It is not legalistic. Right. You know, the how and when is yeah. kind of up to you. Right. I kind of, I'm the kind of person, I do like to be told what to do. True. I, and it's, it's worse now being a mom of three because I'm constantly in charge of other people's schedules and other people's... Yeah lives I, I really need someone else to tell me what to do like right. just tell me what to do and I'll do it right. 
my husband is the type, the moment it sounds like you're going to tell him what to do, he's like, nope, I'm done. You know, so I, I want to bring some relief to those two different types of people. Sure. If you want to be told what to do, just do what's in the book. Right. If you don't like to be told what to do, read what's in the book and do it in the spirit of that. <laughs> do whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. be creative. But we've broken it up into three sort of um, touch points of the day, like these three anchors, right? One of the things, for me, I'm all, I'm all about lowering the standard, lowering the expectation. I, I know it sounds like uh, anti what we're doing, but honestly, particularly for families, if you feel like you're doing something and you're constantly failing, I find that sometimes the expectation is too high. Right. Particularly when you have really tiny ones around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the toddlers, that, yes. that sitting still is not an option for their bodies, totally. right? And yeah. so for me, it's about simplicity. Yeah. As a parent, one of the most important things I do in my day, but it's also one of the hardest things, is to be intentional about how I greet mm. the people in my house in the morning. Yeah. Okay? Um, why, why is that? Because I'm really cranky. Because... <laughs> Because I don't like anybody before 10 o'clock sure. in the morning. Do you know sure. what I mean? Like, I am not, yeah. listen, you don't want to know me at 6.30 in the morning, okay? And so one of the things over the last couple of years that I have disciplined myself to do is to intentionally greet every person in my home positively, mm. like I actually love them and like them. Right. Like everybody deserves to be greeted in the morning. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It sounds so silly, but it's actually been transformative for the atmosphere of my home in the morning. Okay. And up until now, it hasn't been super developed. Sure. It's as it's as small as like my alarm goes off, I will roll over and instead of being like, Are you getting up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, or yeah. the dog needs out. Yeah, yeah. Or go get the kid, you know, that thing. Yes. That's actually how I sound. That's a that's, that's you at six thirty in the morning to the T. Wow. Like that's how I speak in the morning. Um, I roll over and put my arm around my husband and say good morning. Mm. Sounds like doesn't everyone do that? But I don't think we actually do. Do you know what I mean? We're rushing on to the first thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I get up and I I get my coffee because that's needed. And the children will slowly start to trickle in. And let me tell you something. If you have children, you know, it's a human condition. Honestly, I think this is, I know the fall is real because children wake up in bad moods. Like nothing happened. Like you slept a whole night. Yep. You don't have no bills to pay, nothing to stay up worrying about. But you no, wake up like that. You wake up. That is a human condition. So I, the children trickle in. Sometimes they're in a good mood. Sometimes they're already annoyed. Right. And I have to discipline myself to wrap my arms around them. Good morning, darling. Mm. Oh, it's so wonderful to see you. Yeah. Oh, you know, and just everything I say. And so when we started to write this resource, I thought to myself, I think there's something in this. I call that my morning blessing. Yeah. It's the way I bless my family in the morning that you get to wake up to someone who is excited to see you. Yeah. And who's someone who is saying, no matter what the day holds, I'm here and I love you. Yeah. No matter what you did yesterday, and they did all sorts of stuff yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are new mercies here this morning. We're starting new. Yes. You are loved. You are seen. 
that is for me and a really key part of the days that we sort of mapped out in this resource. It's such an important moment, particularly for those of us who are on the receiving end of a blessing like that. Mm -hmm. Because in our modern world, we have everything back to front. And yeah. so if you think about the way that Genesis 1 is written, where there's this poetic breakdown of the days, it says that it was evening and there was morning. Yep. And what's going on there is that in Hebrew, the Hebrew understanding of time, um, time began in the evening, which is a time of rest. Mm -hmm. That's where the day began. It mm -hmm. began with rest. Mm -hmm. And if you consider when, in their understanding of the week, it began with the Sabbath, yeah. which was a, a day, day of, of rest, yeah. set apart. It was a day to recognize the love of God. Whenever you consider Jesus's teaching in John 15, where he invites us to abide in him, to root ourselves in the vine, so that then we can go and be fruitful. Yeah. What our modern understanding is that actually day begins with work not yes. rest the yes. week begins with work not rest um our life begins with oh flip i've got to strive and be fruitful as opposed to no i need to begin with abiding yeah. and what we're trying to do here in a small moment yeah. of embrace of love is to say to those who we live with i want you to begin your day with a moment of rest I want you to begin, yes, the work that you do is going to be really important or what you do in school today is going to be really important, but actually what is most important is the recognition that you're loved. Absolutely. And I think more than anything, that is what we need to hear. Absolutely. And for us to equip each other to be able to inhabit time in the way that the scriptures invite us into, the yeah. way that Jesus teaches us yeah. to embody, I think is a really significant thing. That's just it. And I actually thought about like, what will my, how will my kids describe me as a mom when they get older? Now, I, I feel no pressure. Listen, sure. I don't care if my kids are like, mom was full of attitude. I got a lot of attitude and I don't care. Sometimes they need it and I, I don't feel bad about yeah. it. I'm not this like, mm, all the time. Yeah, yeah. What can I do for you? Mommy. Yeah. I love those mommies. That's not me. I've had to accept that. But I would like for them to think I was kind. Mm. And it's harder than mm. you think to be kind. Particularly at 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 in the morning is like, that's, that's supernatural. <laughs> What's happening in my house right now? <laughs> that, it's sanctification that's happening not of before this world, eyes, yeah. okay? And so we just, what we did is we, we crafted a small one-line blessing. Yes. Now, this particular one is, is for specifically the Christmas season for yeah. Advent. Yeah. And so this one-line blessing just says, in your waking, may God stir in your heart a childlike anticipation of his coming. And um, if you're like me, I'm a little bit dramatic. I love the theater. Give me my lines. I will deliver them. Sure. It'll be wonderful. And then what Andrew will probably do is he'll paraphrase that. Yeah. And or make bounce, it Or bounce own, off it, yeah. Totally. Or bounce off of that. But the important thing is that and the morning blessing is the first part of our daily rhythm, and it's to greet every being in your home, including yourself, mm. with the kindness and grace of a father who is giving you new mercies yes. this morning. Yes. And so if you can even think about like this idea that the Lord is new mercies every morning, that's great. That's, describes his faithfulness, and now I get to be part of doling out those new mercies in my home and setting Very an good. atmosphere of that. 
So that's one of my favorite parts of art. And do you know what else I love about that? It's easy and it's quick. And I know that sounds really silly, like uh, aren't we supposed to be doing this sort of monastic thing? But the reality is most of us are very new to this. This This is a very new concept to sort of place daily rhythms, touchstones in our day. And so one of the things I said was let's do simple. Let's do simple and let's do one line here. So that that daily rhythm, that um, morning blessing. Um, and then we moved on and we did we decided that we wanted to create a space for families to gather every day during Advent mm-hmm. to whether that be around your dinner table, the breakfast table, on the sofas in front of the fire. Yeah. However that looks outside, I don't know if you've I don't go outside in the winter, so yeah. I don't, you know, only to go to the car. But, right. you know, yeah. wherever that is, a space for you to be together, mm-hmm. to um, read the scriptures together, yeah. to pray together, and to pray for each other. Yeah. And that, I think about six years ago, that felt completely not doable sure. for me. And yet... I have to say that I've I've attempted it at most stages of my children's lives and it has been chaotic. It has been crazy and yet it has been invaluable. Mm. It has been the thing that has actually kept us tied together and connected on a heart level. Yeah. So Stu, talk to me a little bit about how we crafted that sort of time together portion of our daily rhythm. We wanted to have three main elements. Uh, there is the reading of scripture, and there is a scripture reading uh, every day from the 1st of December um, right the way through to Christmas Day. W- in that, we wanted to not just focus on, I guess, the nativity texts mm-hmm. in the early part of the Gospels, but we wanted to begin at the start of the God story. Yeah, And it's been a really important thing for us as we've been working through this to invite our kids to and ourselves to read aloud the scriptures from the beginning of the text where we just sense this building up of anticipation for the mm-hmm. arrival of Christ. And and it's been a very deliberate thing. Um, there, it is worth just naming that some of the texts will not necessarily make sense to all of those who will hear it in your home. Yeah. Whenever you talk about uh, the root that will come from the stump of Jesse, there might be some conversations around what does that look like. And, and we do want to invite those chaotic moments of conversations and asking questions, or even though your kids might be burping and farting through it. Like we want to, like we want to encourage. Do you know my kids? Well, yeah, you do I, know I do know your actually. kids. Like, <laughs> I do know your kids. And we want to, we want to encourage, even in the midst of all the messiness that the scriptures are read, yeah. Even if it is completely chaotic, Absolutely. there's something of the consistency of reading the scriptures every day yeah. uh, throughout Advent that is just really, really important to us. Mm-hmm. And then we also want to invite families to gather together to pray. And yeah. we have intentionally created this quite set way of praying through mm-hmm. the morning and evening blessings, or we're going to have a liturgy for the lighting of candles. And there's some prayers that will kind of populate the rest of our time uh, whenever we get to Christmas. But we also want to encourage spontaneous prayer as well. Absolutely. We want to encourage families 
in the context of gathering together to ask each other, hey, what can we be praying about today? Yeah. Um, how can we pray for each other? How can we pray for our friends in school? How can we pray for what's going on in the world? Yeah. And so we are very intentional that we want to create space for the set, the, the trellis, the framework, the architecture of prayer, but also we want to create space for the spontaneous um, and to allow that to happen. But all of this begins, this time together begins with a moment of gathering together mm-hmm. and that begins with the lighting of a candle. I love that. And there's something about the visual of that which speaks to the arrival of Jesus coming as the light of the world. There's something of our attention being drawn to the flame mm-hmm. as we do that. There's something about everybody regardless of age being invited to light this candle, having yeah. a moment where they get to light it and um, and be involved in it. But it is the gathering moment. Mm-hmm. It's the gathering moment for this time together. More than anything, the lighting of the candle, I believe, will help us mark time. Yeah. Will help us to down tools, uh, to lay down whatever we've been doing, whatever our days look like. It's another moment for us to experience this rest that we talked about whenever it comes to blessing. And for us to huddle together, gather together. And so it's also just really simple, mm-hmm. but it's also very tactile. Yeah, We want to invite you as you find this moment or the space in your home uh, throughout the day to come together to simply light a candle to pray the liturgy that you prayed in the previous episode mm-hmm. and then to begin to read the scriptures together and to just pray and yeah. to see uh, see where you go with that to yeah. see where your best prayers take you um, as you gather together one of the things i love about um the jewish tradition mm-hmm. is that all of their holy days their festivals their feasts there's no like kid version of it. Right. Like, so the children right. are involved in adult, well, what we would call Absolutely. adult ways of worshiping yes. from no age. And the first time that my kids actually experienced something like that was at your house. Mm. You gathered us for um, Lent. It was Passover, the yeah. Passover meal. Yeah. And uh, Stu and Emma set out this incredible table. We all gathered around. You sent to us beforehand uh prayers that we were going to pray, things that we were going to say, you assign certain parts of it to the children. And I I remember thinking, my kids are going to mess this up. Like, this is going to be like one of those spiritual moments that they're going to absolutely just ruin. And actually, they found such delight in it. They just thought it was the best thing ever. And so when we went to sort of, design and imagine what this moment could look like for the families in our community, we have intentionally invited the children into what we have labeled as adult spaces. Sure. But actually, they're just human spaces. Yeah, it's good. And um, one of the things I love a lot about the French, when when I was pregnant, (laughs) I love the French, um, I just love the attitude. Listen, oh, is, listen, yeah, listen. Yeah, I'm like, get out of my face. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I will eat a lot of camembert in the lead up to that. Yes. So that, yes. that is my thing. Um, but I read a book when I was pregnant with Noor, and it wasn't really a baby book. It was called French Kids Don't Throw Food. Right. Okay. And in this book was this, uh, she was an American woman expat who lived in Paris, married to a British expat who lived in Paris, and they had their children there. And so here you have this American and English person 
raising children in France. They thought it was so crazy what they were experiencing that she wrote a book about it. And it was like uh, there were no kids' menus in the Parisian restaurants. Uh, The kids were eating snails. Sure. You know, they were... Now, this is the part that I thought was hilarious. Like, some French mothers, it's like this one book for... um, it's like our like had it like a baby like a baby book. Yeah, yeah. But everybody reads it's like the baby Bible. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they truly believe that one, part of the sleep training is that you lay your newborn in the cot and you say, "Now listen, newborn. We all have to sleep here. We love you. We're so glad you're here. But everyone in this home needs rest, and it is time to sleep. So you will sleep now. I really need to put this into practice. Love it. <laughs> but their belief is that. Even newborns can understand, if not like yeah. the 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 sentiment of what is yeah. happening, and pass them on this like everything is fine. Yes, and we're all gonna rest. The why I bring that up is if you find yourself a really young family, like you and Emma, yeah, yeah. and you're like, should we just put Elle to sleep and do this when she's done? Should we just read the scriptures when she's off in her room or having you know yeah. whatever I was gonna say baby time what do babies do I don't um, know uh, like basically sleeping when she's sleeping yeah and I I remember thinking like actually I do think that even newborns can soak in the atmosphere that you're creating Absolutely. in your home so that by the time they are six they don't know what family life is like when we don't gather and pray. Yes. It's so normal to them. It's as normal as eating. Absolutely. They've been eating since they were newborns. Why would we not eat now? Like, this is just what families do. And so I want to challenge all of us. The easier thing would be just to do this as adults. Absolutely. Put the kids to bed. But the wonderful thing is actually bring the children and all of their energy. Absolutely. There are a lot of parenting moments happening on my sofas when this is going on. There's a lot of, uh, can you stop burping? Can yeah, you yeah. step out if you need to do that? Yeah. This We're not doing that. We're not talking about so-and-so from yes. school right now. There's a lot of that. Yes. But then there's also a lot of wonderful, mommy, can we pray for? Absolutely. I would like to say, here's my sort of question. It's really good. Like, Emma and I have committed ourselves to pray the Lord's Prayer together with Eliza mm. every morning. Wow. And again, Eliza's 14 weeks old right now. Mm-hmm. We prayed it before I, I came here to record this with you. And in one sense, she has no clue what's going on. In fact, she giggled the whole time that we were praying <laughs> it. Right and I'm staring at her and it's hilarious. And it's so interrupted and, and all of that. And there definitely is for her, Her, uh, I, I do think that there is something is getting in there. Yeah. And there is something that as we continue to do this, remember like habits need to be repeated. Yeah. Uh, and as we repeat this, that this will be normal for her. This She will grow up in an environment where it is normal for her family to pray the Lord's Prayer, for instance, every single day. Mm-hmm. But there is something for Emma and I in that too. Mm-hmm. of us setting the atmosphere and creating the atmosphere where this is normal for us and Absolutely. we are we're choosing to do this and we need to commit ourselves to it. and i know we talked about this in the, in the previous episode but i've been really struck recently reflecting on jesus's model of disciple making how he gathered this ragtag bunch of disciples together and he could have brought in people like guest speakers or guest rabbis to be like, let me, let me teach you this bit, or he's going to teach you that bit. But instead his approach was, as he says in Matthew 11, you walk with me and work with me, watch, watch how I do it. Yes. And there's something of, even if it is for 
parents and carers with very young kids or if you've got really disruptive kids there's something about committing yourself to no i am going to show you what this is all about yeah i'm going to show you what it looks like to pray i'm going to show you what it looks like to read the scriptures even for as you read a text for the adults in the room to be like i've actually got some questions about this text and to model out what it looks like to wrestle with the scriptures together i think we need to own the jesus model of disciple making as opposed to defer it on to other people that's exactly and i think the the way our lives are set up right so my children go to school Yes. Every day. Yes. So they leave my home at 8.15 in the morning, and they some days don't enter it again until 4 o'clock. That is a large chunk of their lives. Yeah. And we go to a vibrant church. Mm. There is a kids' ministry and a kids' pastor who's passionate about kids' ministry. And yet, Andrew and I say to each other all the time, we are the primary disciplers of our children. Yes. That is my job. Absolutely. That is not our children's pastor's job. Mm-hmm. That is not the youth pastor's job. That is not the teacher's job. Yeah. That is not the school's job. That's not the BB's job. Yeah. Any of that stuff. Yes. It's us. And I'll be honest with you, there was a time in my parenting where I could not say to my children, do what I do, watch me. This right. is how you have a life of prayer. This is how you right. do whatever. And not that I'm, I'm perfect now, because there are times we come to do this time together, and I mean, there have been knockdown, throw down, shouting matches. Sure. Okay, and that's just me and Andrew. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, and I, everything in me goes, let's just not do it today. Yeah. And it's in those moments that we gather, and I say, you know what, guys? It's been a rough evening. Yeah. And I feel like, I need this now more than ever. Yes. And yes. here's where I need to say sorry. Yes. And fill in the blank. And this is where our kids actually see Andrew and I trying to follow Jesus. Yeah. And all three of our children have made a decision to follow Jesus intentionally. So then we can say, like, guys, we've all decided to follow Jesus, even in times like this. It's yeah. hard. The reality is, is that our love for Jesus at times will fade and falter. Mm-hmm. But if we are able to deliberately choose to build this trellis, this yeah. architecture, this framework, so that whenever we're having really crappy days like that, yeah. that we decide, you know what, even though this is the last thing on earth I want to be doing right mm-hmm. now, or you're the last people that I want to be doing this with right now, yes. that we commit ourselves to doing it. Yeah. And that really sustains it. The thing that I love about this time together is that it is for the whole family and for those kids like I'm thinking of your daughter mm-hmm. where uh, she's at that stage now where she could actually be leading everything yeah. that's in this prayer book yeah and there's something about us giving responsibility mm-hmm. to some of our slightly older children yeah. and our early teens mm-hmm. definitely our teenagers to be able to lead moments like this mm-hmm. I, I just think that will create very significant moments for them in their formation Absolutely. where they're not just looking to you and Andy or me and Emma or wh- whoever to, oh, you're the one that are leading this right yes. now, but instead that actually, oh no, I get to lead my family in this. Yeah. Uh, and I think that will create very significant memories, I Absolutely. think, and will inform what it looks like for them to continue this way of living in the future. Absolutely. So it starts with that morning blessing. Then we do our time together. 
the beautiful lighting of the candle. You can be creative with this. If you absolutely. have really tiny toddlers, get one of those battery operated yeah, candles. Absolutely. Like do, you know, you do know what, you what to do. To do do yeah. what you need to do. Um, and we come together, we do our daily reading, which is reading from the scripture, which is marked out for us yes. um, in the book. Um, and then we move on to our family prayers. Now, one of the things I would say for our families who have really tiny kids, there will be all sorts of hacks on how to do this and do this well. I found that when my kids are tiny, and even now, um, doing it in a bedroom. Yes. And we cuddle together and, you know, we're in someone's bed. Yeah. I find also with young children, associating cuddle time and like physical closeness Absolutely. with that time with reading the scripture, you just help them to really have a value. Like they look forward to that because not only do, um, when they get older, they'll, they'll associate it with the words of God and that the life giving, but sometimes when they're young, they're just going to associate it with you, you being loving and cuddling with them. And what a wonderful thing to associate the word of God with, with the, with you know, the feeling of the, the love of God. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so beautiful. you think about your day. This might be something you do on breakfast time. Yeah. This might be something you do right after school at dinner time at bedtime, but you think about your day and you decide when is time together the best for us. Great. Do you know what I mean? And then we move into family prayers. And this is part of it that I absolutely love because we have written a lot of prayers for people in this book. Yeah. And they're beautiful prayers. And I hope that you are blessed by them and you use them for years to come. And yet there is, it's important that you give your family space to be themselves when coming before the Lord. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Um, one of the things that we do, and we don't do it the same every night, but there's a couple of sort of uh, patterns that we yeah. rotate through. And one of them is that we use family prayer time. We call it confession time. It sounds really intense. <laughs> but we'll say, does anybody have anything they need to confess? Mm. Now, this is important because in our sort of stream and in sure. our sort of tradition, confession isn't really something that we have space for. Or, okay? have, or have valued. Or yeah. value for. Yeah. And, um, but it's very clear in the scriptures that we are to confess to one another. Absolutely. So that we can receive forgiveness. Right. And so uh, there's certain rules around this. You can't remind something of somebody of something they need to confess. Yep. There are so many Good times where someone in my family confesses something. I'm like, that's not the worst thing you did today. I want to say that, but yeah, I got to yeah, yeah. let it go. Do you not okay. remember that thing that you did? Yeah. I know what that. you need to confess. No, it's, it's a moment for every individual in the family to think about their day. And yeah. maybe they have something. Maybe it has nothing to do with the rest of the family. It could be something that happened at school. And uh, one, someone said last night, I confess that I wasn't kind to mm. mommy today. And it's just a wonderful moment because it, it helps our children, it trains them to know this is a safe and good place good. to come when you mess up. It's good. Like there's no, like we all mess up. Yeah. We all need forgiveness. And our response is the same to everybody after they confess. We say, God loves you and so do I. I'm guessing that you and Andy are also doing some oh we got lots no, i'm not saying that because i know you guys but i'm, I'm saying because based on what we're talking about if i oh, model yes. this out that yes. you guys are deliberately oh i'm confessing, confessing things. yeah i'm yeah. confessing and that's really important yes. to mention that it this again is 
this is a modeling training Absolutely. moment for us in terms of our kids' formation. Absolutely. And so I say that to say as parents and as leaders in your home, that family prayer time, yeah. there is space for you to, to say what is appropriate for my children at the stage that they're at. Yes. Um, it could be like one-line prayers. Yes. You know, but involve everybody. That's great. Someone doesn't feel good, let's all lay hands on them. That's great. Let somebody else pray. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's a moment where you actually get to develop a family personality, actually. Absolutely. What that looks like for you. It's really, really good. You it's know? brilliant. It's brilliant. It's one of my favorite times with the kids because... <sighs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's really easy to do all this stuff and feel like nothing's happening. <laughs> like this isn't, they're still crazy, <laughs> you know? But there is something of this slowly building. And I, I do think it, it does take weeks for habits to begin to emerge. Yeah. Uh, but if you consider what this rhythm looks like over the yeah. course of a month, what this looks like over the course of years as you Absolutely. stack it up and layer it up, I think it could be really, really significant. Absolutely. So you have that time together, which is really lovely. And then the last bit, much like the first bit, the sure. morning blessing, we call it the evening blessing. Yeah. And it's the same concept just before you go to bed. Um, anybody who has people living in their house <laughs> with them, yeah, you know that it is a challenge to end the day well, yeah. particularly with younger children. I can only imagine, I don't have teenagers yet, but um, I can only imagine that as the personalities grow and that sense of wanting to be their own individual person, they're yeah. sort of pulling away from that childlike nature, the way they interact with you and they're becoming more adult than child, right. that the ending of the day can be quite tricky, okay? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. The majority of our days end in... Get into bed right now. Now, do not yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah. Did you even clean your room? Right. I, I gave you dinner. Don't ask for it. I gave you food. You didn't want to eat it. So I don't know why you're hungry now. That's Those are the that's, discussions. That's the end of the day. That's it. And so the challenge here yeah. is that every member of your family gets to lay their head on their pillow with the knowledge that they are loved, mm. that they are valued, that whatever happened it does not dictate how they get to rest yeah. now. And it's a real gift, especially for a child who might have been a wee bit naughty sure. after dinner, right. to sort of lay down in their bed with them and say, I love you so much. Yes. I used to do this thing with one of my kids. I still do it sometimes. They still request it. And it's from the guy. Uh, we cite him in the back of the Habits of the Home Advent but he wrote a book called Habits of the Household. Yeah, Justin Whitmill Early. That's the yeah. one. And his uh, his actual uh, title inspired the title of this book because I just loved it and thought it was so wonderful. But um, he talks about a blessing like this. I don't think he calls it the evening blessing, but uh, I adopted one of my kids, and they love it. And it, it's kind of tricky in the beginning. I still don't actually know exactly how to say it, but it's something like this. I look into their eyes, and I say... Um, uh, can you see my eyes? Mm -hmm. Yes, I can see your eyes, I say. And I say, do you see that I can see your eyes? Yes. So that's basically just calling your yes, child's attention yeah, to totally. you. And it says, um, do you know that I love you no matter what bad things you do? Yes, I do, mommy. And do you know that I love you no matter what good things you do? Yes, I do, mommy. Who else loves you like this? 
mm. and they learn to say God mm. or Jesus. Yeah. And and I say even more than me, and they say yes, mommy. Wow. Which is a massive confession wow. for a child to make because the first couple times they did it, they were like, "Wait a minute," you know. I'm not sure about that, it's, but, but yeah. it's powerful. Even it's more than me, yes, mommy. And then I say, "I want you to rest in that love tonight." Wow, I love that's you, beautiful. And to me, I just tried it out as an experiment because yeah, we were going through this process, yeah. and it ended up being one of one of my kids' most favorite things to do before bed. That's great. And so that idea of the morning blessing and the evening blessing, highlighting how important it is to open and close our time together as a family, is to me one of the most beautiful parts of our daily rhythm. It's amazing. Do you have the evening blessing there? I do. It, the other dynamic as we work through the season of Advent is that we do want to build a sense of anticipation. Absolutely. It's like keeping the family focused. Advent, right. I find with children during Advent, all you just continuously remind them of what you're doing. Yeah. It's reminding. And they, yeah. they really grasp onto it. Kids have an amazing ability right. to like live in the drawn out moments of celebration. So you just keep reminding them. And so our evening blessing is one liner, just like the morning blessing. In your sleeping, may God keep the flame of wonder alight so that you watch for him in your rest. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that such a beautiful idea? Mm. You know, I cannot wait to talk to my kids when they're in their 20s after we've done this for years right. Right. and to ask them, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Because I, I listen, everyone loves getting, getting gifts. Yeah. Everyone loves all that. I, my hope is that these are the things, the lighting of candles, the singing of carols together, which we at one stage in the Advent book invite you to do, like all of these things, those will be the things that they, like my friend Al, yeah. look back and say, this was the most important yeah. thing in my upbringing. It, I, I'm going to butcher this, but... It I'm reminded of that my Angelou quote of I can't remember what you said, but I can always remember how you made me feel. Oh, and gosh, yes. and that is what this is about. Yes, the words of scripture and yes, the words of prayers are so important. Of course mm -hmm. they are, but there's something particularly for our younger kids feeling the love of their parents. Absolutely, whisper these blessings over them in the morning. Um, or the feeling of, oh, I get to light the candle yeah. this evening. Yeah. That's what this is all about. And that's key, Stu, because I think that um it's exactly what you said. I don't they especially the young ones, they won't remember sure. the words of the prayer until they're to they're older. Yes. They will remember how they felt yes. while you were praying the prayers. Yes. And that's a challenge to me because I'ma be honest with you, I'm a bit of a dictator in my home and it's my way or the highway. For me, my biggest challenge during Advent is to not just deliver the prayers, yeah. not just to say these words, but that my children walk away from Advent knowing, like, that was amazing. Mm. That felt wonderful. Yeah. Mommy was at her best. Do you know what I mean? Right. And to me, I can't see how we disciple children who love Jesus with their hearts if we are cranky, grumpy, unmercifully disciplers. Mm -hmm. And that 
describes me sometimes. And so my one of the reasons why I love that I'm I have this resource in my hand yeah. is that every part of it reminds me to put on the wonder. Yeah. The mercy, the grace, the love of the Father that is um, shown to me through Christmas, through the Christmas story, when I'm interacting with my family. I think we, listen, your personal devotions are so important. Yeah. Do them. Yes. Get time Absolutely. with Jesus. Absolutely. This is not about your personal devotional life. This is about you actually building your legacy in your family that will go from generation to generation. My friend Al, whose grandfather read them crazy portions of the King James Version when they were children, Come on. he is living. This, you'll not know a man in Northern Ireland who loves the scripture more than Alan Emerson. And he is also choosing to pass it on to and his kids. And passes it on to his children. Yeah. And for me, knowing him as like a visual, I'm like, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. We're not, this is not just so you can have a happy Christmas this year. Right. This is building general, general, generational spiritual wealth. Yes. And I am here for it. Yeah. Because that's what I, I that's why I had kids. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? I had kids because I wanted to have adult children who loved Jesus and who had children and who had children and who populated the earth with kind, wonderful citizens of heaven who cared about the earth and the right. people they were. Do you know, so this is important. And the thing is, is that this is how the church has always prayed. Yeah. So we see it in the Old Testament with how Daniel chose to commit himself to praying three times. Jesus, who would have committed himself to praying the Shema three times a day. Mm. Whenever we see the Desert Fathers and the monastic movement who would have engaged in uh, praying the hours throughout the evening. Absolutely. How um, our Anglican friends would have gathered together to come up with the common book of prayer with their daily offices. Mm. The, the church has always engaged in this rhythmic, patterned, habitual way of praying. And I guess what we're calling our church to is that even though it is going to be utterly chaotic at mm -hmm. times, just go after the consistency That's of it. blessing, of praying, of opening yourself up to the story of mm -hmm. God, because that will lead us on. And right. how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend, how our, we lives. spend our lives. Amazing. Uh, as we wrap up, I just want to remind our community that these Advent prayer books are available in our church venue as we gather on Sundays throughout the season of Advent. They're also available in our church office and bachelors walk. You can just reach out to us for that. But you can head to our website, laggingvalleyvineyard.com forward slash habits to be able to find a version of this. Uh, there's also some extra resources we've kind of come up with some playlists as well mm -hmm. to help you in your home. We're going to talk about that in the next couple of episodes as well. Um, do reach out to us if you want to talk. If you've got any questions, we would love to be able to help you out with this. Uh, Dana, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for you. listening. Grace and peace to you and to your home.